Hi, everyone. Welcome to What's Your Favorite Scary Movie, our conversation about horror films. I'm Robert. And I'm Shani B. And today we're talking about the 2018 reboot of Halloween to prep for its sequel, Halloween Kills, coming out this weekend. Before we get into it, I do want to talk a little bit about what you watched this week because we skipped it last week. And so there's still something I want to talk about with you. So why don't you start and share with me what you watched this week? So I watched The Orphan. Have you seen it? The one with Vera Farmiga and Patrick... Uh, yes. Sars- P- Peter Sarsgaard? My bad. Yes. Yes. I love that yes. movie. That little girl is so good. So good. So it excites me for anyone who hasn't seen it. You know, it's about a couple who, you know, adopts a mysterious nine-year-old girl. I'm not going to ruin this one because the twist is really, really good. Not that any other twist isn't good, but I'm not going to spoil this one for you. But they're doing um, a prequel to it, Orphan First Kill. And are you familiar with this? I didn't know. That sounds amazing, though. They just wrapped it. But the cool thing about it is Isabel Furman, who played Esther in the first one, the little mysterious nine-year-old girl, she's now 23, but she's going to play that part again. Well, yeah, because, you know, it's basically one of those things where this character in so many ways ends up being kind of age-less, right? Any age will do. (laughs) So that's pretty cool. But yeah, so they're going to have her play it now. So she'll be, from what I've seen, the first actress ever to play a role this way opposite. So, so yeah, I guess I have to give away the twist, right? So she's yeah, um, really a 33, <laughs> yeah, she's really, it's so the, the twist is in the first one, she's a 33-year-old woman who's been, you know, lying and saying she's nine, which is super eerie. But now that the actress is 23, they're like, hey, we can still use you. So they're using a lot of like, not optical illusions, but they're they're using, you know, a lot of camera tricks and two stand-ins who are like nine-year-old girls to help her play this part. So I think it's so cool. I'm so excited. Wow. Um, so that was something fun I saw. Uh, what about you? Well, I what I really wanted to talk to you about was the Halle Berry movie from 2013, The Call. Have you ever seen it? I have seen it. What do you think? Are you not a fan? I was actually really, really, really sick when I saw it. I had like a cold or something. I had been flying to Texas. And I remember I said the word fuck. And my sister, and I was watching it with my sister and like my six-year-old nephew at the time. And she's like, Bob, like watch your language. And I was like, (laughs) and I remember saying like, there was literally just a woman who's like fucking tits were out on TV. Like what? I'm not. Or not tits, but like her head just got shot. Like someone just got shot in the head or something super graphic. And I was like, really? Really? This is what we're watching and you're worried about me saying fuck. Exactly. Uh, Hello, mom. What's going on? Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, that's my nephew. Yeah. But I am. It's with uh, Abigail Breslin, right? Yes. Yes. Yes, It's with Abigail Breslin and Ms. Halle Berry. And I just love it because there's like a lot of random actors in it that I always forget, but rewatching it, it's just so extreme. It's like an action movie to the oomph degree where that really new movie with Jake Gyllenhaal that came out is like doing the same thing, but a little bit softer, you know, like she's the 911 operator. She encounters a young girl on the phone who is being hunted by a murderer. She makes an error in judgment. And unfortunately, that young gal does not make it. So when another young gal, Miss Abigail Breslin, calls up in the same predicament, she takes it to the streets and rescues this girl. And it's crazy action packed. And it just, I, seeing Halle Berry again made me so excited for Moonfall. 
I love Halle Berry. I love Halle Berry. Yeah. And I like that movie a lot. Yeah. I guess that it, it is kind of like a horror movie, but it's for sure very much action, almost like speed a little bit. Totally. Totally. It has a lot of um, action elements. But the reason it always sticks with me is the guy who plays the killer is so scary. He just, the director shoots him in such a way that makes it really hard to kind of see his full face ever. He's really erratic. Like, right. He's like, I'm just going to do this and then I'll be done. What's another thing you watch? Because I have one more, but I, I want to I wanna hear about Rocktober. Uh, so I watched Ghost, which I've talked about, which I'll skip this time, but it's so good. Whoopi Goldberg is so good in this. Demi Moore is so good in this. Patrick Swayze is amazing. But I saw so good. Final Girls again. I had not seen it in a long time. Have you seen The Final Girls? I recently just rewatched it as well. It was so good. If you have not seen it, you know, it follows a group of high school students who get transported into a 1986 slasher film called Camp Bloodbath. And it is so funny. It is like so funny watching these people try and get out of this movie. And it's, I think it's just so original, so fresh. So if you have not seen it, I definitely recommend it. It is also Taisa Farmiga. I'm fucking that name it's, up. Taisa Farmiga is how I say it, but I, I, I'm not Farmiga. the authority. <laughs> I wouldn't say so I'm the authority, but I went from Orphan to Final Girls watching these sisters back to back. I love it. I can't wait for them to be in something again because they were only in a film once where Taisa played her played a younger version of Vera. But I want them like together in a scary situation. Like I got so excited when Taisa was in The Nun because I thought somehow they'll be related, like even over films. And sadly, I don't think that's the case yeah. as their characters. But yeah, she she's so interesting. You know, Ryan Murphy really likes working with Tysa Farmiga. She's always in his stuff and kind of a random scream queen, too. But I love the rest of that cast, like Malin Ackerman and Nina Dobrev and Adam Devine. It's such a good group. Thomas Middleditch. It's such a good group. Super funny. But what else did you see this week? So the other thing I watched was Cry Wolf from 2005. Have you seen it? I have. I remember seeing it when I worked at the movie theater. I even took a poster home with me. I don't know where the hell that poster is now, but I do remember Cry Wolf. It's a favorite of mine. I rewatch it, not like constantly, but I would say probably once a year, every other year, because it's such a good PG-13 scary movie. And I know how much you love PG-13 scary movies. Yes, I am a huge fucking fan. The best. For anyone listening, if you haven't seen Cry Wolf, It's a really great story about a bunch of rich kids at a boarding school that make up a rumor about a supposed killer on prep school campuses after someone in their hometown, in the hometown of the school, is murdered. And it turns out to evolve into something real. Really good twists and turns. Great final twist, in my opinion. So just like Orphan, we both watched some good twist movies this week. Gotta love a good twist. Anything else you want to mention about what you watched before we dive deep into the Halloween franchise and Sir Michael Myers? No, I think I'm good. Okay, let's do this. So first things first, how do you feel about the franchise as a whole? You know, I know that you and I obviously love this, but talk a little bit about, I guess, like your experience and how you feel about Halloween. I love it. I think that, you know, the first one did a lot of really interesting camera angles and was super original. Mm -hmm. Um, I love it till I don't, if that makes any sense. We've done it every which way now. So that's kind of how I feel about it. But I I have mad respect for it. I love Jamie Lee Curtis. So that's kind of how I feel about it. What about you? 
Same, same. I really love where, like the bones, the skeleton of where this came from, I love so, so much. Even when it gets a little bit silly, I appreciate it because I like that it's this expanded universe where even though Michael Myers is, you know, pure evil in the opinion of Dr. Loomis, so many directors have tried to figure out ways to explain him that weren't just face value. And I've really appreciated in all the reboots getting different versions of him. But as, as we'll talk about soon, I've, I've got my favorites and they're not super, they're not the most recent one. I love H2O. I love H2O. I love that, you know, yep. it came out on the 20th anniversary. And I think it's just because I'm like, oh, that was 20 years ago now, which makes me cringe a little bit. I love Halloween part four, which is where we pick up Jamie Lee Jamie. Curtis isn't in it anymore, but we get Jamie, Laurie Schrode's daughter, which I love this one a lot. I love Danielle Harris in this. And then yes. I love Rob Zombie's remake. I know people, I don't know if people shit on it or not. I know it didn't get the best reviews, but I fucking love it. I thought, you know, there was Same. so much blood. It was so realistic. I thought oh. this is how it really would have been. I was like, I love that Laurie Schrode was just bloody at the end. I just loved it. I fucking loved it. Exactly. Same, same. Obviously, as you know, I ride so hard for Halloween H2O. It has so many of my favorite things. Kevin Williamson wrote it. Josh Hartnett is there. Michelle Williams is there. Michelle Williams. Jodie Lynn O'Keefe is there. Jodie Lynn. Like, I love so much. Pure, yeah, nostalgia. Like, that. that is peak, like, Scream 2. I know what you did last summer. Halloween H2O. It's just a great time for horror. So yeah, I totally. just, I'm a huge fan of that one. Yeah, I'm going to go into more why I think it's definitely a better continuation of this franchise than the 2018 one. But I have to talk about Rob Zombies also because I love it. Every time I rewatch the 2018 one, I just end up going and rewatching Rob Zombies because it's a better remake, in my opinion, just in terms of like, obviously, it's pretty close to shot for shot during certain parts in terms of the story. But because there's room to explore Michael Myers in a real way, that makes him more terrifying, in my opinion. I really appreciated part one. We definitely, it's weird how they broke it up because we for sure spent a lot more time with Michael Myers as a kid and where he came yep. from. And then, you know, we, yeah, it was part A and part B, in my opinion. And then we, we got the actual remake of part one, essentially. Totally. Which expanded the, yeah, so I definitely agree. I liked it a lot. I loved it. At the very end, she what she shoots at Michael in the face, and she's just fucking screaming. It's, yeah, because it's screaming, squirts blood all over his face, her face. Yeah, it's so. <laughs> Scout Taylor Compton is so good in that movie, just at playing the realism. And even though some of the like teenage dialogue isn't there in Rob Zombies, because I would never have hung out with him as a teenager, the violence, yeah. the reality, and the scares, in my opinion, are so so good. Also, yeah, I really I, love four and five because of Jamie. And I love that Rob Zombie brings Danielle Harris back. She's in his room. I love that. Well, she was really pushing to be the daughter in the 2018 version. And I, I kind of wish they had either done that or we had gotten, I'm blanking on his name, the son for uh, Josh Hartnett. 20, Josh Hartnett. I wish we had gotten one of the two. We'll go into that a little yeah. bit more in a moment. But I wish we would have gotten one of the two. For sure. For sure. It's like I like I said before, I like this franchise a lot because I just like the world that it's looking to examine and the different kinds of Michael Myers it wants to explore. But that being said, like you said, we've kind of done it every which way, which I guess is why I have such a high standard for anyone who's going to reboot it. 
it's hard to maybe please an audience when they know so much. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I go back and forth on it just because we definitely, I remember interviews with Jamie Lee Curtis being like, oh my God, the 20th anniversary is coming up. We should make a movie. And she did the yep. same fucking thing this time around when we were hitting the 40 year anniversary. Why didn't we should she make go, a movie. Why didn't she go to Kevin Williamson? Why didn't she go to any of Wes Craven's producers? Like anybody in horror? Because that's, that's one of my biggest problems here is that like this movie, I don't find 2018's Halloween scary at all. I think it's What's- got a couple of shocks, but it's not scary to me. It's only frustrating to me because I remember in a, a recent recent interview, the 2018 one, where she felt mm. like the 20 the the 20 year anniversary one was for a paycheck. This one was because she loved it, and I'm like, okay, but like, it's just well, that weird was a much better paycheck interviews. in my opinion. Yeah. All right. Well, are you ready to transition into digging this thing apart? Yeah, of course. So, in the newest installment, we catch up with Laurie Strode now living a solitary life in a remote cabin, estranged from her daughter and granddaughter. And having never gotten past her singular experience with Michael Myers that fateful Halloween so long ago, some podcasters awaken the case and the curse, and Lori makes her last stand determined to kill Michael and protect her daughter and granddaughter. So face value, a lot of cool things appearing to happen in the second half of that description. But how do you feel about this movie? I, I think you're, you like it more than me, so elaborate. So I, I, I've been watching it over and over again, just trying to get ready over and over again uh, in the background, just trying to get ready for this sequel coming up. And, you know, I, I like it more than I did when I first saw it. The only thing I hate is that, you know, it feels like I'm just really annoyed that we got a new daughter. That's my main yeah. thing. I think that, you know, the way they portray Laurie Stroh being super paranoid and everything, I, I just feel like... Oh, what the fuck? I can't... Well, I'm just kind of like, all right, so we erased every movie. We erased every right. fucking movie. So so part two didn't even happen. She wasn't chased in the hospital. Nope. So yeah, she... er- so, <laughs> so I'm just kind of like, I get you're traumatized, but you know, that was like 40 years ago. And I mean, Seriously. you killed your friends. How long does that last? You know, that's my only thing where I'm like, I feel like we were, we got, things got mixed up here because I feel like she was acting like a Laurie Strode who actually went through these like five movies movies exactly yeah so that was my only like like okay like this happened a long time ago and you're fine now no one came back for you he's dead he's gone right exactly he or he's not gone but he's he's been put away right it makes perfect sense if h2o happened because in h2o she's clearly trying to move past what happened to her but in this one i the story makes no sense what is even the point of this story why are the characters in this story even there? Like, who cares about the podcasters? The weird doctor storyline. Judy Greer, we get, like, nothing from her. And most of the violence is either off-screen or CG. Like, I don't understand why mental health is so fascinating to horror directors. And they don't do anything to learn about it. They just totally shit all over it. Especially when it comes to the character of Laurie Strode. She had one bad experience and it ruined her life. That's a terrible character. Why would you do that? Why are you turning the best final girl of all time into the weakest and the craziest now? Well, and I feel like they, you know, they probably had these conversations, but, you know, once you've decided to write a script and then, you know, just completely ignore Yeah, it's like, what do you do? You know, they even went back and they erased the fact that Michael was her brother. 
Right. They're like, that was just make believe or the media made it up. So, I mean, they kind of had to just work with what they had, but I was like, well, this was, I mean, I've never survived something like this. Yeah. So I can't say, you know, in 40 years, am I still going to be crazy and lock myself away and get my child taken away? I don't know. But that, that's I mean, just I, I that was interesting. Right. I mean, that is the exception to the rule when someone experiences trauma, right? The exception to the rule is that they become a recluse and lock themselves away. The rule is that most people want to get their lives back. They want to try. And even though trauma is is there and it's hard to bounce back from, people don't just give up and lose everything. Like, there's no way that she would really lose her daughter if she was the Laurie Strode that I thought she was and that they portrayed her as in other films. If you're ready for my H2O rant, she, the best Laurie Strode ever exists in H2O. She's moved on with her life. She has a kid. She has a really good job. She has a cool boyfriend. And she's only moderately drinking. You know, she's not even that bad of an alcoholic or anything. It's See, I, I, way I, I more like realistic, in my opinion. More realistic. She still had issues dealing with it. But she, you know, but in, in it, her son was clearly dealing with grounded. those issues, too. Exactly. And in this one... They showed it to us, you know? Like, we could yeah, understand they, what she was healing from or what she was doing as she tried to heal. And here it was it was like, oh, it's too late. Like, she never got over it. And now she's just actively ruining Judy Greer's life. And now coming between Judy Greer and her granddaughter because she feels some sense of entitlement to a relationship with her. Like, I, I'm well, I'm angry with all of the relationship dynamics because they're just planted there and no one does anything with them. They're like essentially tropes. I mean, I think I, Leah, I think this would have worked better. This character would have worked better, better if we had not gotten rid of H2O. If we, because now at that point, yep. okay, 20 Hands years down. ago, you know what? Like shit got real and you thought it was gone. Now we're 40 years out and you're, it's triggering again. We have the son here. He has a daughter. I think that would have made more sense for this character arc. But to delete everything right. leading up to this, I'm like, where is this coming from? But I mean, I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, I think that was the fatal flaw. Sequel. Yeah. Yeah, if you, I agree. Like the fatal flaw is losing everything because the woman that they wrote in this story has gone through all of those movies. Like you could even leave the Buster Rhymes one in here where she is like in a mental institution because of what happened at H2O. So they're already promoting the fact that she is struggling with her mental health. And then they pick up and sort of would be able to show us that like, you know, that accident she had in the open where she supposedly quote unquote died. She really just suffered, you know, was in a coma for a long time. And when she woke up, she moved to the middle of nowhere. You know, like still I can keep everything in the canon and make this still a cool story. Because that's what I love about the horror franchises is that one movie can suck and one can be good. But when you like throw everything out, you sort of earn my stubbornness, (laughs) if that makes sense. You know, you make me want to rebel against you because instead of telling any story, you're just showing these vignettes of people that mean nothing to the story for laughs. And like, that's fine. But this is a horror movie. So the laughs are only supposed to give us relief from the scares. And you're not even scaring me. Every time Michael kills someone, I'm not even able to see it. I have no idea what he's doing. And when I can see it, it's so blatantly fake that it doesn't scare me at all either. Now that I've watched 2018 a little bit more, I don't necessarily agree that they canceled everything out, but I like it a lot more. I like the granddaughter. It is what it is. I'm excited that Halloween, Halloween kills and Halloween ends. I'm surprised Uh they did. They they decided to sign for three movies. I'm glad it happens over a span of one night, I think. I think the last one happens the same night, too. Okay. 
I mean, that's definitely a very cool way to try to tell this story. It just feels way more like this one's for a paycheck. Like, I'm so disappointed to hear that she thinks the other one is more, was more for that in retrospect, considering how she might reflect on this. You know, like, Jamie Lee Curtis is a very strong woman who's had a really wonderful career, and she's out here playing a recluse, and people are treating that recluse like shit. Like, the story isn't even about her learning how to love again or learning how to feel safe or feel empowered. It's literally about her being so afraid that she's secluded herself. And then when Michael shows up, he, like, immediately almost kills her by slamming her face in the door several times. But she's cool. Unlike all the other characters, he does that, too. Yeah. Do you even like the Michael Myers that they've created? Are you even down for him? Does he really scare you? Do you like him? His walk? Like, where are you on him? I think that the Rob Zombie one was a lot better. My whole thing is, like, at this point, it's just a whole thing where, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis has even died in this franchise. So I don't even know... What I feel like do. even if she dies, yeah, if she dies in the next one, I'm like, well, whatever, you died like three movies ago. So you could still come That's back true. for the paycheck. That's true, <laughs> right? Like never, never leave us, Jamie Lee Curtis, but please bring us a better Laurie Strode as this franchise goes on. Because honestly, it's yeah. like when I'm trying to think of my favorite parts, just because I know we're getting close to the end here. My favorite part is straight up when Judy Greer is finally in this movie. And when she's like, Mom, I can't do it. And so Michael, you know, exposes himself and she's like, gotcha. Best part of the whole movie. And it's a two second thing because the rest of the movie, we do all kinds of bullshit. We do it. There's a lot of bullshit filler. Well, it's also it's like I feel like I guess we're trying to pass it on to the new to the daughter, to the granddaughter. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, I don't know. So don't you want a better fucking role model? God, I'm so angry with this movie. (laughs) So angry Uh, with this movie. (laughs) I'm so sorry, but I love, uh, I love uh, this uh, franchise uh, so much, and I'm just so angry that they've changed it in a way that to me feels really rude. It feels like super disrespectful of all of the other people who've worked on these films, of all the things that other people have tried to expand this universe to do, and instead just turns it into like. A, a somewhat more violent episode of Eastbound and Down, except not because at least Eastbound and Down was like grounded in, in its craziness. You know, like this movie weirds me the fuck out because I can't even believe it happened, but it did. Well, and yeah, here comes the seek. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're going to see. For the most part, I just have so m- I have like problems with this entire movie, so I don't have a lot of favorite parts. Like oh. Judy Greer nails it. Some of the visuals are really cool, but the story just makes me angry. It, like, makes me furious, the series of events that takes place. You know, her boyfriend kisses another girl, and her friend, who shoots his shot the wrong way, gets called pathetic and then murdered. Her fucking boyfriend didn't even get killed in the first movie, and he behaved I know, poorly. he throws her... What the fuck? He really... <laughs> so poorly. When he threw her phone in that pudding or whatever, I was like, dude... Right? That's and so fucked up. And he gets to live. The fucking he sweet gets, well, chubby kid we'll who's just trying his best to, to figure out if this is his chance to kiss the pretty girl gets called pathetic and immediately oh. murdered. I guess moving on to the sequel, what are you hoping for Halloween Kills? I'm hoping for more consistent action. You know, anything that's even a little bit more exciting than the first one. And I think I'll be happy. Because like I said, you know, even rewatching it, I still, my favorites are still H2O and Rob Zombies. So if I'm really hungry for a modern interpretation, I'm going to watch one of those because it's not like the original isn't still dope. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. What about you? I I guess more kills. 
apparently this is supposed to be a bloodbath. I'm excited to see, you know, the town come together. Yep. They're fucking over Michael Myers' shit. But once yep. again, this would have made more sense if we had kept H2O involved. Yep. Because now it's like, well, this was like 40 years ago. What has he done in the past 40 years? And even then, 40 years ago, he only killed like two pe- the two high school friends, maybe three people. So it's just... they should have kept that one so that's the only thing that throws me off a little bit but i'm excited for the more kills i'm so excited kyle richards is back is Lindsay wallace i hope she does not die oh she's gotta Uh, die i hope not all right like oh save it to the next one but that's kind of where i'm at with that and i guess that's exactly why i'm disappointed that this movie shot itself or that this franchise shot itself in the foot by disregarding so many pieces of homage that they could have put their own spin on you know, it's like, that's what they missed by saying, oh, none of this stuff is there instead of doing what Rob Zombie did and trying to figure out why some of that stuff was there and create other narratives that help us just get deeper into, you know, the madness or whatever. We'll see. We'll have to see. But hopefully it follows the sequel rules and actually does more body counts. Those are the rules. Those are the rules. All right. Well, anything else before we kind of wrap this up? No, those are kind of my final thoughts on that. Yes, yes. When when we're together in person again, I'll give you my full persuasive argument school <laughs> style because yes. we, we would never have enough time. But yeah, I'm I'm sad about H2O, but definitely interested in, in a bigger body count. So of course I'm excited. Uh, that wraps it up for us. Thank you again for listening in and talking with us about Halloween and Michael Myers and his expanded universe. We'll be back together for Stream Queens on Monday, reacting to episode nine of Only Murders and episode one of Chucky. Be sure to follow us on Instagram to stay up to date with all of our content. I'm at RobAlex86, and she's at ShannyBMovies. And thank you to Media Pollution. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor of the show, email us at the What's Your Favorite Scary Movie store at gmail.com. That's the WYFSM store at gmail.com. Join us next Thursday for a special episode of Stream Queens. We'll be covering the first four episodes of the new I Know What You Did Last Summer series. Thanks again for joining us. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you next time on What's Your Favorite Scary Movie. Live here on Stereo and available to stream on all podcasting platforms. Stereo.